It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the basketball guru, basketball fanatic, Jay Smoove. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Smoove, here we go. We got NBA Friday coming up. We got one more final playing game. We had a playing game tonight. That resulted in the Washington Wizards going ahead and winning. Absolute blowout winner against the Pacers. That team just did not show up. That was kind of a a funny result how the Pacers, they blow out the Hornets and then they turn right back around and get blown out. If you asked me if that game would have resulted in a blowout, I would have told you no. But the Wizards, in fact, will go ahead. They made the playoffs. They're going to go ahead. They're going to play the 76ers. But look, we don't pound our chest here smooth often. And if you and I sat down and we went through all the wagers that we've given out on this particular podcast where it's me and you and we're talking NBA. We've given out a ton of winners and the Washington Wizards was one that you kind of put me on and you were like, you know what, man, I think this team's going to make the playoffs. They're surging. They're playing well. I don't remember the ticket price that we had smooth. I know it was pretty good, but I think we should probably pound our chests a little bit, you know, with our Wizards to go ahead and make the playoffs being at the fact that they were out of the playoffs and then they were in like a 10 seed. So we had to have things happen, but we felt both of us that the wizards were eventually going to get it done and they were going to make the playoffs. So why don't you tell everybody about that ticket that we cashed? Yeah, sleepy. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I think we got it at a uh, plus two seventy and, and gave it out at, at that number. Had some followers tonight, tweet and show some tickets where they was able to get it at plus three eighty. So um, that always feels real good to, to hit a, hit like a future ticket like that, you know, with some good plus money, you know, and being able to give it out as well. You know, just a couple of things that I saw uh, going back almost two, two and a half months ago that kind of put me on that Wizards uh, making the playoffs was the improved health of uh, Russell Westbrook, who's my favorite player to watch in today's game. Watching him through his Oklahoma City days, whatever team he's on, he just doesn't miss the playoffs, you know, 12 seasons. Uh, he's made the playoffs 11 times. The one time he didn't make it, Kevin Durant missed over, you know, 30 or 40 games. And Westbrook missed 15 games himself. And Serge Ibaka missed about 18 or 20 games. And even with all that, it still came down to, you know, deciding the last two games of, of that season. You know, the Wizards, they were my team to, you know, a surprise team out east at the beginning of the year. But they obviously had some, some uh, a lot of obstacles to overcome before they can, you know, get to a, a part of their season where they could play some healthy basketball. And once they did, you know, they went on a, a crazy tear, you know, winning 18 of, the, of their last 25 games, playing some great basketball, and, you know, they'll be matched up with the Sixers now. I think that's going to be an interesting series. You know, Smooth, I don't know if I remember this correctly. I'm guessing our listeners could probably tell us, or maybe you can tell me, and I don't think it's really a big deal. But I think we also gave out the Knicks to go ahead and make the playoffs when they were actually a plus price. And then as we were talking about the Wizards, you know, going ahead and making the playoffs, you and I kind of, we, we bolted down and we're like, you know what? The team that, that likely they're going to end up knocking out is either going to be the Hornets or the Pacers. So we decided to go ahead and fade Indiana and say, you know what? They're not going to make the playoffs. So that was another ticket. I don't know if we had that Knicks ticket either. For some reason, it seems like we gave that out. I'm pretty sure we did because you and I, you know, we've been, we've been on the Knicks now, you know, for a number of weeks. We also gave out the Rookie of the Year stuff with LaMelo Ball. 
And when we talked about our coaches of the year, you know, we eventually fell on Monte Williams, you know, when he was around minus 170. We both like that as well. So we've given out a lot of winners. And what we want to do, guys, for this particular podcast, Smooth and I, we're going to go through each and every series, and we're going to give you the X-Factor player for that particular series, tell you what we think, what we think they need to do, what they may do, and potentially what might happen with their team, you know, if they over underachieve for that series. So Smooth, I want to go ahead and I want to circle right back to the Wizards, being that we just talked about that team. They're going to be here on the road at the Philadelphia 76ers. Game one line right now, Wizards minus six and a half. We have no total as of yet. Who is going to be your X Factor player for that series? Uh, I'm going to look at Rui Hachimura. Um, he's their third leading scorer on the team, takes the third most shots per game. And he's a, a pretty nice, uh, young, versatile wing. As we saw tonight, you know, he had 18 points against the Pacers, averaged 22 points against the Pacers in the three or four games that they played against each other. The two games, I believe, that they played against the Sixers, you know, those games came, you know, pretty early in the season when, you know, this Wizards team just wasn't the same Wizards team that we've seen them, you know, close out the season with. And Hachimura was only taking about four and a half, maybe five shots a game um, over the last month and a half or so. He's averaging about 13 points a game, and he's capable of having some some 20-point night scoring. He's a streaky shooter from the outside, but he loves that mid-range, uh, that mid-range post and, and finishing around the rim, you know, with his uh, sneaky athleticism and his strength. So um, we know, obviously, we know what we can expect out of Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook and some of the shooters. You know, they can be hit or miss sometimes between Davis Bertans and uh, Rahul Neto and, and some of the other guys. But for me, I think it's going to be uh, Rui Hachimura, to be that X factor. And if he steps up and plays a, a pretty good and consistent series, I wouldn't count out the Wizards having a shot at winning this one because they have something that the, the Wizards have that the Sixers don't is that they have two guys that they can go to down the stretch of games when they get close between Bill and, and Westbrook. And the Sixers do have Embiid who's dominant in the paint, but they don't really have a consistent guy on the perimeter that they could just throw the ball to like like a Bradley Bill or Russell Westbrook at times when he's playing well. So, yeah, if uh, Hachimura's playing, is playing well as that third guy, as that X factor, the Wizards could pull off an 8-1 upset. All right, so Smooth's going to go with Hachimura. I didn't even think about him, but what I did think about was when you mentioned Philly has to do something outside of the paint. So my X factor player is going to be Embiid. I think he has to go ahead and keep the Wizards off the free throw line and out of the paint. You know, the 76ers, they beat the Wizards in every game that they played this season. And I feel like now I kind of know what I'm going to get from Russ and Beal. They're going to play at a high level. They're going to do what they've been doing, where they're going to continue to go ahead and keep doing that. And I think Embiid needs to go ahead and do that. He needs to stay true to himself. He needs to stay true to, you know, what he's done all season long. And I believe if he does, they'll go ahead and they'll, you know, continue to go ahead and beat the Wizards. And then they're eventually going to move on. If Embiid could play at that MVP level, I just don't know if the Wizards could go ahead and get through that 76ers team. Let's jump over to our next series here between the Heat and the Bucks. The Heat, they'll be on the road here in game one at Milwaukee. Milwaukee right now minus four. We have a total of 227. Smooth, I'll go ahead and I'll start this one out. For me, it's simple. It's Drew Holiday. You know, he was brought into this team for a reason. The Bucks got bounced last year in the second round against the Heat, and it was clear that, you know, Giannis needed some type of help. Now, Middleton, I felt like he kind of did his thing last year in the playoffs. He wasn't exactly elite, but he gave the Bucks what the Bucks needed. 
Giannis getting hurt, you know, that leaves a little bit of a question mark on, you know, how that entire series probably could have played out. But the Bucks were really down to Eric Bledsoe and George Hill to run the point. That didn't work out, and it really was an area of concern, you know, for the Bucks for the last couple of years now. You know, if Drew Holiday can come in here and do the things that he's great at, if he can go ahead and get Giannis the ball in a situation that suits him best, and if Jay Rue can go ahead and find a happy medium with Middleton, and if Middleton could be effective from the outside, you know, from the outside while stretching the floor, I think the Bucks could be trouble, you know, for the entire Eastern Conference. But Drew has to be the guy, you know, that he was brought in here to be. And if he is, I feel like the Bucks have a very good chance to go to the finals. If he's not, it's just going to be the same old Bucks with the same question marks surrounding all those players. So my X-Factor player for that series is going to be Drew Holiday. Who are you thinking about there, Smooth? Agreement, lockstep. Uh, it's Drew Holiday for me as well. You know, um, the Bucks. you know, they're opening up this playoffs with uh, their, their biggest test, I think, outside of trying to reach the finals and going up against the Heat team that, you know, pretty much embarrassed them last year as, you know, putting them out early in the second round with them being the number one seed. You know, I think you can already kind of expect, you know, what you're going to get from Giannis and Chris Middleton. But like you mentioned already, you know, Drew Holiday, he was brought there. Um, they looked at him as an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. You know, I like Drew Holiday, you know, a little bit more than Bledsoe because of uh, his IQ and his awareness for the game and him just being a little bit more uh, consistent with what, you know, the, the Bucks need, you know, from a point guard to try to, you know, free up some looks and, you know, the court, you know, for Giannis to do his thing. And it also gives them, you know, another player down the stretch where they could kind of run offense through in three games against the Heat. You know, they got two wins, and Holiday was averaging 19 points a game and seven assists a game, and he had a, a true shooting percentage of 58%, which was one uh, one percentage point better than his uh, true shooting percentage for the regular season. So a lot of players, they've done, you know, player surveys, and they've always picked Drew Holiday as one of the most underrated players in the league. And, you know, this is one of the times he, he really shines in the playoff uh, playoff setting where it's not as much travel as before. You can really lock in and focus on your opponent, and he, he really shows up big on both ends. So this move has to has to work out for the Bucks because they already paid him, you know, as well. So, you know, with the core that the Bucks have moving forward, you know, in order, you know, for this to, you know, be successful, uh, they got to get past the heat and, you know, end up at least, you know, in the finals. So, um, yeah, I'm going with Drew Holiday with you, man. All right, well, we agreed on Drew Holiday, and for full disclosure to anybody listening to this podcast, Smooth and I, we did not exchange notes beforehand, so uh, we don't know what players that we picked. So let's jump over to the next series here. We have the Mavericks. They're going to be on the road here at the Clippers. Clippers, game one, they'll be minus five. Total, 218. Smooth, I'll let you go ahead and rip and run first. Who's your X-Factor player in that series? Yeah, this is a, this is a tough this could be a tough matchup for the Clippers. This is a rematch from last year, you know, playoff, you know, first round in the bubble. And before Christoph Porzingis went down, you know, those games was pretty tough. Even though the line, if I'm remembering correctly, was about seven to eight points. Clippers didn't really pull away till later in the ball game, especially the games that Christoph Porzingis, you know, was out, you know, because of injury. But Clippers, they struggled last year, you know, having that true floor general leader, you know, at the point guard spot, Rajon Rondo, I'm going to go with him as my X factor um, just because of, you know, what he's able to do uh, for a team, especially when it comes to the playoffs. He seemed like, 
he was disengaged or uninterested playing, you know, uh, his his time when he was in Atlanta. He didn't really have much of an impact as far as, you know, numbers wise, but maybe his voice was heard, you know, throughout the locker room for those young guys. But, you know, since he's been with the Clippers, you can kind of see him making that, you know, being that floor general for them. And also don't forget that, you know, the last time that Rondo had kind of a bad reputation in the league before he went to the Lakers, um, it came from when he was on the Mavs roster and Rick Carlisle was the head coach and he had sent him home, said he was being, you know, uh, a detriment to the team. And they, you know, really clashed and bumped heads, you know, uh, a lot. So this could kind of be that revenge spot for Rondo and he, he could really take it to this Mavs team. So Clippers, I think they have all the pieces as far as, you know, scoring and, and depth. But I think Rondo, you know, adding him, he's the he's the piece that could bring it all together and and elevate, you know, the rest of this roster to what it needs to be to, you know, uh, finally, you know, maybe, you know, reach the finals. That's an interesting pick. I agree with what you're saying there with Rondo. If he comes out and he plays, you know, playoff Rondo basketball, that's a team that nobody's going to want to go ahead and mess with, especially if PG and Kawhi, you know, are doing their thing. But you mentioned, you know, my X-Factor player. I feel like it's got to be Perzingis. You know, the Mavs last year, they pushed the Clippers – but Przingis only played in three games in that series. He played well in all three games when he was on the floor. You know, he had 34 points to 13 rebounds in 38 minutes, and that was in game three. Game two, he was okay. You know, he had 23.7 rebounds, and that was the one game that the Mavericks actually did beat the Clippers with Porzingis on the floor. And in game one, uh, he really wasn't healthy. He seemed rather rusty, and he was rather ineffective with just 14 points and six rebounds. The Clippers seemed to me smooth. Like, they didn't even care to be in that bubble last year. PG talked about, you know, not being in it mentally at all. So if the Clippers are now going to be at home, and it's a different situation now. You know, you got the fans there. Paul George was talking about, you know, not being able to be around his family and and laying in his own bed, uh, things like that. Things are just going to be different this year for the Clippers. And the Mavericks are going to need Porzingis not only to be different, but, you know, to go ahead and be kind of elite. I think Luka is going to go out and do – you know, Luca MVP style stuff. And I don't think that's really going to change. And I don't think PG or Kawhi are really going to surprise anybody. They're going to go out there and probably get their 30, you know, on any given night and probably get the job done. But for me, you know, it's Porzingis. He has to play at a high level. He has to stay healthy and he has to go out there. He has to help this Mavericks team and Luca. Otherwise, my gut feeling is that they're going to get swept. And I, And if you're talking about Rondo, coming out there and being that guy that might be able to step up. And Porzingis has no choice but to go out there and play at an elite level, which we see him do at times. But he needs to do it. He needs to go ahead and do that, you know, for this entire series. Here's an interesting series. We got the Celtics here smooth at the Nets. And that's going to be minus 7.5, total of 228. My gut feeling says you and I have the same exact player. So I'm going to let you go ahead first, just so I don't steal your thunder. Who's your X-Factor player for the Celtics in that series? I think this is an uphill battle, you know, for the Celtics. Uh, for them, um, you know, obviously everybody knows Jalen Brown's out for the season, which sucks for them and their team, and, you know, moving forward, because this could have been an interesting series. But for the Celtics, real quick, I think it would be Evan Fournier. He's averaging about 13 points a game in the few games that he's played, you know, this year against the Nets. It's not really a lot. He didn't shoot the ball that much, only nine shots a game. But he did shoot the ball pretty well, you know, 45% from the field, 43% from three. So to try to, you know, give, you know, Tatum some help, 
even though I think he's going to have to have some big-time games where he's averaging close to 30 for the series, you know, for them to have somewhat of a shot. Um, they're going to need something out of Evan Fournier as well as uh, Kimball Walker. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to, you know, what the big three is going to look like for the Nets. You know, they've only played less than 10 games together in the regular season. Playoffs rolling around now, so they're going to be trying to gel and work a lot of chemistry issues out, you know, with all three guys on the floor together. So it's going to be interesting for me to see them all three together right now to get like a, a more solid of a opinion of them uh, moving forward. So uh, those would be my two X factors for this series. You know, I don't know, Smooth, if the Celtics are going to be able to trust somebody like Fournier. He's going to have to kind of go in there and step up and do a lot of things, I feel like, on his own. You know, for me, it's Kemba. If Kemba could be, you know, Tatum's Robin in this series, then, you know, maybe they can stretch this out. But if he can't, and it doesn't matter, I don't think, what Fournier does, this series is probably over in four or five games. Tatum's going to go out there and do, you know, what he needs to do, and that's just score. I mean, he's going to score probably a ton of points uh, within this series. But I feel like Kemba has to go out there and be, you know, not only the point guard, but he has to be the point guard that can score. And he's going to be asked to do a lot, I think, in this series. And if he can do it, you know, they could make a little bit of a series out of it. And if he can't, I think the Nets are going to end up scaring a lot of teams just because they're going to end up buzzsawing right through this Celtics team. But I think it comes down to Kemba. He's got to go out there. He's got to get his 30 points a night or 25, you know, with his 10 or 11 assists. He's got to go out there and play at a level, you know, for each and every game that he's on the floor that maybe we just haven't seen, you know, before from him. Like it has to be like, wow, you know, Kemba is, you know, eye-opening right now. If he can do that with Tatum, they can push this Nets team. But if not, I don't think this series goes very far. So I believe it all really comes down to Kemba Walker. Uh, that's the guy I'll go with for my X-Factor player in that series. Let's jump over to the Blazers at the Nuggets. Interesting series here, Smooth. We and I had talked about this one the other day. This line right now at Pickham, total of 227. Let me go first on this one. For me, my X-Factor player is going to end up being Nurkic. He has to be able to do something against Jokic to go ahead and slow him down. You know, Nurkic, I feel like he has some pretty good feet, you know, for a big man, and he's healthy right now. And if he could slow down the Joker, it could be a tough series here for the Nuggets. And let me throw Michael Porter Jr. in there as well. You know, if he can go ahead and score and keep up with Lillard and McCollum, you know, maybe the Nuggets in this series have a chance. In the end, you know, we ended up giving this one out. We both like the Blazers for the series. And I just feel like it's just too much scoring and too many things, you know, going right right now for the Blazers, you know, for the Nuggets to probably slip past them and get into the second round. But if Nurkic could go ahead and cause a lot of problems for the Joker, I just don't see how the hell the Nuggets get past, you know, this Blazers team right now who's red hot. So that'll be my X-Factor player. It's going to be Yusuf Nurkic for the Blazers. Who are you thinking about there, Smooth? Yeah, I'm going to go with CJ McCollum and, you know, this was a this is a rematch of a couple of years ago of I think it was the semifinals of getting to the Western Conference Finals where it went seven games and the Blazers went into Denver and, and uh stole one and moved on and played the Warriors in that Western Conference Finals. This is a a different makeup of rosters. Nuggets had Jamal Murray and Gary Harris in the backcourt. Now they don't. To me, that gives a, a huge advantage to the Blazers, especially for Dame. So we already kinda, you know, know what Dame's gonna do. But, you know, sometimes C.J. McCollum tends to be, you know, the forgotten man sometimes. He does play well. He can get hot. Um, Two games they played against the Nuggets so far, 
he wasn't really aggressive, but he shot the ball. He was really efficient. He scored 19 points a game off of 15 shots. Uh, had a true shooting percentage of 62%, which was a couple percentage points better than what he was in a regular season. So now come playoff time, they want to get this series over uh, around five five games or so because they have that big of an advantage in the backcourt. I think CJ is going to need to score about 25 or more a game, and I definitely think he's more than capable of doing that. So I'm going to go with McCullum. I think that's a good pick too, and he crossed my mind. And the reason being is that he has the experience move. We know that he's been here before, and he's performed well in the playoffs. You know, And, and there were times where Lillard was banged up and, and CJ had to carry the team. And I feel like one way or another, you know, he's going to be out there on the floor, no matter it's in the first round, second round, finals, whatever, however it might be. And, and CJ is going to perform well. So that's not a bad pick uh, at all. I'm curious to see what you pick for the Lakers and the Suns. The Lakers are going to be here on the road at Phoenix. Phoenix will be minus three in game one. And we have a total of 213. I'm going to guess I know who your guy is, but I'm going to let you go first this time. I don't want to steal your thunder on this one. Who are you picking for your X-Factor player for that series? Um, it's kind of hard to consider this guy an X-Factor because he's the best player in the league still in year 18. So I'm going with LeBron James. And for a lot of reasons, man, He's um, this Lakers offense has just been bad all season compared to what it was last year. It's about top 10 or better in offensive efficiency. And this year they're the seventh worst in offensive efficiency. So um, like he's done in his, you know, in his career a lot of times, you know, he's going to carry this offense on his shoulders. That's even with the Anthony Davis out there. And they, he only played one game this year against the Suns, but he put up 38 points in 37 minutes and shot over 60% from the field. And we're looking at the Suns, you know, credit him for having, um, you know, a great regular season. And they hit that big ticket that RJ put out for winning the division. We was on them pretty early as well. I just think that they have, you know, a lot of guys, especially at that, at that wing position, you know, that's going to have to match up and try to contain LeBron, that they don't have a lot of, you know, playoff experience when it comes to this. So, and LeBron, he has all the experience in the world with how many times he's been to the finals and deep runs in the playoffs. And, you know, they look at him as the seventh seed. And I think this is the first time in NBA history where a seventh seed is favorite over, you know, the second seed to win the series. So I'm going to go with LeBron James as they start, as the Lakers start to, uh, the road to defend their, you know, their title and try to make it back, um, you know, to the Western Conference Finals. That's a great pick. And you and I both know, and I think everybody in, you know, basketball land knows if LeBron's not healthy and he's not playing, you know, LeBron James style basketball, they're not going to, they're not going to beat Phoenix, especially not having home court advantage. For me, it's Chris Paul. I think he has to one way or another, go ahead and try to keep this team calm. And he has to have this team believing that they always have a chance to win. And Paul, you know, in every game this year, you know, he's he's done that rather well. And they've pulled out a lot of wins, you know, when when they really just needed to go ahead, buckle down, straighten everything out, go out there and play good basketball. And they got a lot of wins like that. And I think a lot of that goes into, you know, the coach of the year, Monty Williams. You know, he also needs to go ahead and keep his team calm. I think between Paul and Monty Williams – if they can keep the Suns calm and keep them kind of being positive and motivated and thinking that they can go ahead and win games, I think there's a chance that the Suns could do fantastic things against the against the Lakers, especially when it comes to crunch time. And that's going to be whether this series is tight or not. I'm going to go ahead and give out Chris Paul 
as my X factor for that series. And I also think the coach of the year, Monty Williams, uh, deserves a little a little props there as well. Let's talk about the Hawks at the Knicks here. Smooth Knicks going to be minus one, total of 215. Let me go first on this one. This one was easy for me. I think it's the unselfish Julius Randle. You know, one thing that many people probably don't realize about Randle this year is that he's just become, you know, a much better teammate, a much better leader, a really good distributor. He averages like six assists a game. He keeps himself out of foul trouble. You know, he's letting things kind of develop around him. And he didn't really do much of that in the past. You know, he's grown maybe maybe more than any other player that I've watched in the league, you know, just over the last two years, but certainly this year. And that's the type of Julius Randle that needs to show up. He needs to go ahead and feed off that home crowd and just continue to do what he's been doing. Don't change a thing. Don't be selfish. You know, don't take bad shots. Don't take too many shots. You know, don't go out there and get inside your head. And I think the Knicks will be just fine if the unselfish Julius Randle uh, doesn't show up at all in this series. I honestly do think the Knicks will be just fine. So that's my guy there. Smooth, who are you thinking about for that Hawks and Knicks series as your X-Factor player? Um, I like that pick. You know, I'm a big fan of Julius Randle's. I'm glad to see, you know, him uh, on in a winning situation because he's been putting up some good, some good numbers for the last couple of seasons. But it's good to see him finally getting recognized, probably the runaway for most improved player of the year. But my guy is Derrick Rose. Um, you know, on a pretty much of a, a young Knicks team that not a lot of playoff experience on the roster. You know, he's the one guy that has some playoff experiences, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, youngest MVP, I think, ever in the NBA. And, you know, some, you know, real good success. Also with Tom Thibodeau as his head coach, I expect his minutes to go up. Um, so that means he's going to be, you know, cross matched up with a Trey Young. Who his, it's also his first time in the playoffs as well. So uh, I think his experience and just his his play when he gets his, he gets the minutes out there, uh, I give the edge to Derrick Rose in this situation and with what he's been able to do, you know, for the Knicks, you know, since he's been there. I think that Tibbs, he, you know, we've been calling, especially for me, I've uh, been calling for him to uh, to start Derrick Rose, but I think he's been kind of just pacing him to you know to get him through. The rest of the regular season and once the playoffs come, um, you can see his minutes, you know, uh, get up to over 30 minutes a game or maybe he's starting over Alfred Payton because Payton doesn't really give him that much. But he starts the game out because I think he likes to keep that rotation together for whatever reason. But, yeah, I think Derrick Rose is the X factor here. You know, I think this will be a seven game series, a lot of uh, excitement in this one between both teams. And I think Rose uh, is the X factor that pulls it out for the New York Knickerbockers. You know, I'm not surprised that you picked Derrick Rose. I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, you've brought him up on this podcast and you talked about, you know, the fact that you think that he should start. But let's give Tibbs some credit, you know, for bringing him in the way that he brings him in. And I think that he's kind of like that spark plug, you know, for the Knicks. It's like, all right, you know, we got our guys out there. Boom. Oh, here comes Derrick. He's coming in now. And then they start rolling. And I, I don't think a lot, I think a lot of teams might actually get, I don't want to say lackadaisical on defense, but it's just a different type of look that you're getting, you know, within the first, you know, six minutes of the first quarter. It's like, well, they're going to go back to that guy again and things kind of change up. But yeah, for sure. Derek Rose, I'm not surprised uh, that you went and had picked that guy uh, at all. How about the Grizzlies Warriors? Now there's a game here uh, tonight between those teams. They're going to play the jazz. You and I are going to go ahead. We're going to pick our X factor player. 
just for the Jazz, because we're not sure right now who who's going to win that game tonight uh, between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. If you had to go ahead and pick an X-Factor player just for the Jazz, who would that be? I'm going to go with my guy, Jordan Clarkson, uh, runaway player for a six-man of the year. And, you know, during this stretch of games where, you know, the Jazz have been missing Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, their starting backcourt, Jordan Clarkson has been their go-to scorer. And, you know, he's averaging about 18 points a game. You know, last year, you know, Bogdanovich, he was their second leading scorer, but he didn't make the bubble. He ended up fracturing his wrist before the playoffs started last year. But uh, Jordan Clarkson this year, he's become their second leading scorer. No matter which team, you know, wins tomorrow in this playing situation between the Grizzlies or Warriors, his play improves a lot. In the three games where he they played, where the Jazz played the Warriors this year, he took his 18 points a game to uh, 25 points a game. In the couple of games that they played against the Grizzlies, um, he took his 18 points a game to 22 points a game. So you throw in the factor that you're, you're getting a, a, a Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley back. I think that's going to take some some pressure some uh, some pressure off a of, of Jordan Clarkson to where you know you just can't focus in on him. And, you know, when he comes in the game, he's like instant offense. So I'm going to go with Clarkson uh, with, you know, no matter who wins between the Grizzlies or the Warriors. That's a good pick. And I think that he's certainly going to have to go ahead and pick up some of the slap because we know that we know Mitchell's not going to come back and, you know, put up 38 points, you know, game after game after game. It's going to take him a little a little time to go ahead and kind of get, you know, get the ball rolling there. And probably the same thing for Mike Conley. Not a bad pick. I think if it's the Grizzlies, it has to be Gobert. Because somebody has to match up against Valanciunas. Valanciunas is just a monster right now. I mean, look what he did against the Spurs. I don't even know how many rebounds he had. I, at 22, I stopped. I he, I think he had more than that. And he had a ton of points. Valanciunas is going to be a problem for the Jazz if Gobert's not playing at, a, at an elite level. And then I also think if it's the Warriors, it's Gobert again. Because who's going to stop Gobert on the inside? The, the Warriors are just – their interior – isn't all that great. So I feel like it has to be Gobert. He has to step up and just play, you know, at an elite big man type of level where, you know, maybe it's, you know, you're getting play like, like, I don't want to say he's going to play like the Joker or play like Embiid, but he needs to go out there and have a couple of those games, you know, throughout this playoff series in order to get that jazz team, you know, over the hump in specific games where they really need their big man to go ahead and shine. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick uh, Rudy Gobert. Smooth, let's go ahead and talk real quick about the Grizzlies and the Warriors. This game will be on here tonight. Uh, right now, Warriors are the favorite in this one. I'm a little worried about Golden State, to be honest with you. But after watching that Wizards game tonight, I wonder if the Warriors blow out the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies are just a little bit intimidated, the fact that they're not at home here and now they have to go on the road. This, this is not going to be an easy game for Memphis at all. I'm not sure how you feel about this one, but I think – Either the Grizzlies win outright or the Warriors blow them out. I don't think that the three-point line is going to be much of a factor in this game. I don't have a, a lean towards the total, and I really don't have a lean towards the side, but that's the way I kind of feel. It's either the Grizzlies outright or it's the Warriors in a blowout. How are you feeling about that game? Yeah, it looks like right now uh, more than majority of the people are on the Warriors, and they're coming off a, you know, a pretty tough loss with the Lakers. You know, they had a a double-digit lead at halftime, and they pretty much were in control of that game and, you know, let the Lakers get back into it, you know, with all those turnovers in the third quarter. And then uh, LeBron hit that, you know, amazing 
you know, three go ahead, three late in the game. So I think that was a little bit of a heartbreak for them because they felt like they should have won that game. I have a, a strong lean to the Grizzlies. You know, they're a young team, but they've had a lot of experience over the last two years that they've been together. You know, they were one of the teams that was in the playing situation last year, uh, the two games that they had with the Blazers. And then they had a, you know, a tough game against the Spurs where they got out and jumped on them pretty big, but was able to, you know, manage to do enough just to get by with the win. And you started to see, you know, John Morant uh, be a little bit more aggressive because he knows what's on the line with his state. You know, he's a young guy and he wants to start playing some playoff basketball. And I think, you know, the basketball world deserves to see him because I really think he's the next point guard up when you're talking about that uh, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard class. Um, so I would lean towards the Grizzlies, but I have an even, even stronger play on a player prop from this game. So make sure you guys tune into our uh, our premium package on the Betting Predator website to catch that. All right, solid stuff from Smooth there. As he had mentioned, you guys can go over to bettingpredators.com. We have our NBA playoff package up. You guys will get DFS plays every day, player prop plays every day, and you'll also get some high-level premium articles uh, that you guys can read each and every day. You guys will get that all the way through the playoffs for just $49.95. That's an absolute steal. Uh, it's actually less than a dollar a day, and uh, we've been doing rather well, and people have been happy with uh, the product that we're putting out there, so we're proud to go ahead and keep doing that, and uh, we'll carry that right over probably into baseball and then certainly uh, for the NFL season. But big thanks to Smooth for going ahead jumping on this podcast. This one was kind of fun, a little bit different, our NBA X Factor player for each series. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. You know where to find Smooth at Smooth underscore 702, and you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on your Friday. Enjoy the games.